You're listening to Smart Businesses Do This. And in this episode, I'm joined by Roland Frazier, a mergers and acquisitions expert, owner of digitalmarketer.com and many other companies. You'll learn the step-by-step process it really takes to stand out from the crowd and how top-level businesses dominate their sectors with zero competition. Let's get started. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Today, I am joined by the one and only Roland Frazier. Now, I could talk about how he was, uh, you know, he's one of the people that that owns and runs Digital Marketer. I could talk about how he uh, ran the Traffic and Conversion Summit. I could talk about all of the different businesses that this guy owns and how successful he is. But instead, I'm just going to start by saying that Roland Frazier is without a doubt the person I consider a mentor to me in business in every single way. Um, when, when this man casually says something to me in a corridor as we walk past each other, I suddenly find that I'm implementing that, you know, that one little nugget he threw at me and it's overhauling my entire company. In fact, this is exactly what happened a couple of weeks ago when I uh, attended one of his events. Um, it caused me to uh, fire three people from my company that I found were underperforming. It caused me to write a standard operating procedure for how I do a product launch within my own company that ended up being a hundred pages long. Once I put in all the little details that I find are important, we then handed this over to an ad agency that we just started working with once again on his recommendation. And they said in 15 years of running their ad agency, they had never seen a document that thorough and they thought it was incredibly professional. So that's who Roland Frazier is. Roland, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's incredible. So if you wouldn't mind, just for somebody listening who's got no idea where you are, how did you get into business, Roland? What were you doing before this? I feel like I've always been in business. I started long, long, long time ago. So my first kind of was selling real estate, you know, getting a real estate license and selling real estate. Uh, that was when I was 18. And then I got an insurance license when I was 19 and a securities license when I was 20. started doing uh, raising money for real estate syndications to build neighborhoods and uh, built several thousand homes all over the East Coast, particularly in the Southeast and down in the Caribbean. And then did that as I was going to school. I got a degree in accounting, uh, although I never intended to really be an accountant. I thought it was good to have all of that knowledge and then went to law school. And I ended up kind of moving from buying and selling real estate, to buying and selling companies. And that's kind of the whole, the whole journey is, uh, is starting with that one thing and then how can I leverage that and spreading out from real estate commissions to insurance that was related to the syndications I was doing and then selling the actual investment vehicles and then, you know, seeing that actually companies can be bought and sold the same way and have uh, tremendous upside. I don't know if I'd say more upside. I guess they have more upside long term, but I just find them way more interesting than real estate. Although I still do real estate, so. <laughs> so you've still got your fingers in the real estate pie. It's just... Yeah, I, there are too many cool opportunities there to not play in that. One of my favorite stories, it was how you ended up working at Digital Marketer and uh, and the Traffic and Conversion Summit. Because you weren't one of the original founders, right? You just uh, came along later, which which sort of like <laughs> doesn't sound that great, but actually it's incredible. Would you mind uh, you know sharing Worked that? Worked out okay for Ray Kroc, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> if you think about that, there are lots of people, and this is for everybody that's listening, a great thing to think psychologically speaking in terms of mindset is that a lot of people think that you have to be a founder to be successful or have notoriety or whatever. And the truth is that it's far easier to not be the founder because since we know that most businesses fail, we know that it's very difficult to be a founder and that when you're a founder, the businesses that you're starting have zero momentum. So you're starting with no customers, no systems, no employees, no business plan, no contacts, no nothing. And if you can come into a business and make that little adjustment and say, really, I think if you think like if you have a need to consider yourself a founder, then think of yourself like Ray Kroc did. He wasn't the founder of the McDonald's hamburger chain, but he really was the founder of McDonald's as we came to know it. So when businesses are reborn, they are effectively refounded, I believe. And so while I don't consider myself a founder of of Digital Marketer, I definitely consider myself a founder of War Room, even though I didn't start that either. But I reinvented how we do that. And so the business today is completely different than the business that I came in on. Digital Marketer is different too, but I've been more of, I think, an advisor there than a founder. Most of the changes, because it was reinvented in, completely in 2014 and is in the process of being reinvented again. And while I'm not a founder, I'm an advisor there. And then Traffic and Conversion Summit, same thing. I would consider myself a founder of the current iteration of Traffic and Conversion Summit because when I came in in 2013, it had been going for a couple of years and it was a great event, but it was not the kind of event it is today. So me and my partners collectively reinvented that business. So I think it's an interesting distinction. So yes, though, you don't have to be a founder to come in and add tremendous value to businesses. And the truth is that many founders don't have the skills or knowledge. And it's not to say anything against them. It's just saying it's a different skill set to really take a business and leverage it, grow it, scale it, prepare it for exit, that kind of thing. Does that make sense? It's kind of a long answer, but... Yeah, no, no, it's great. And I love that. And I think this is one of the things that I really like about you is previous to meeting you, I would describe myself as like a Wild West entrepreneur, like in every way. Like I was from London, I came out to Texas. I mean, you you can't get more traveling to the Wild West than that. And well, and then I went to California, right? So I kept going. (laughs) But I, you know, everything was very fly by the seat of my pants. I'm working from a coffee shop. Like it was all like that. And I think one of the things I admired about you is uh, you're professional and you have, you know, you still wear your sneakers, but you know, there's, there's an air of professionalism about how you carry yourself and what you do. You make sure you set up a board and, and everything is done, you know, correctly. And while, you know, I'm still on my own personal journey of, of growing from the seven figures that I'm at, um, to eight figures and beyond. I find that my days get easier and everything. That journey becomes more pleasurable. The more quote unquote boring and corporate everything becomes. And, but I love that, that you have that air of, of professionalism that you bring into what you do, uh, yet without losing that entrepreneurial spirit. And in fact, you know, I find that the more professional I become, the more the entrepreneurial spirit can flourish because you can really start to think outside the box and and think, you know, what else, what else am I not doing? But the reason I get to this is there's this new wave of entrepreneurs that I'm seeing who are these, (laughs) I don't want to call them cowboys, but they're like reaching out to anyone who's got a following of any kind or a business online and being like, I will, you know, do X for you. Like I'll do your branding or I'll, you know, be your virtual salesperson. 
what, what do you make of these, this like new wave of, of, I don't know what you call them, one shot entrepreneurs, I suppose. So how would that differ from people who were providing those services before? Because there have obviously been branding companies and sales sort service outsourced sales and that kind of stuff before. So how would you say these, these new wave entrepreneurs are different? That's a good question. I think in the last three weeks, to put this in perspective, I've had five different people reach out to me via Instagram offering the same service, which is they will help rebrand my company. They will um, reach out to my audience and contact them on my behalf to sell them on my services. And this is this new wave, but they're all offering the same thing. And it turns out that all of them have signed up for the same course from the same two people to learn how to offer this business in a box, I suppose. And yeah, is, is it KBB? <laughs> it's uh, I, I I won't name it, but you know there there are two companies, and uh, and yeah, one of them might be. It's interesting because I, interestingly enough, I have been invited to three masterminds in the last three weeks that were at a house that somebody rented that was you know they were inviting people to and so on and so forth, and it was all through KBB, which is Knowledge Business Blueprint, I think it is that Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi did, which is a great program. The challenge is, is that when you're following any course like that and you have, I think they sold like $40 million worth of it on the first launch, mm-hmm. you have all these people who are following that, which is good if you don't know business because it gives you a structure and a format, you know, and those guys are super smart and have put together a lot of great businesses. Problem is, is that when you follow a, you know, a prefabricated business approach, and you have thousands, literally thousands, and maybe even tens of thousands, I don't know how many they sold, of people doing that, then it's going to be a lot of me too. So how do you differentiate yourself? You know, that's the challenge for business. So I would say that those people are no different than the people who bought uh, Mike Koenig's Main Street Marketing Machines when he sold, I think, about 20 or so million of that back in, I think it was 2010. And so 10 years ago, kind of the same thing where he saw that local marketing was a big thing. And so he sold a whole bunch of people a program with software on how to do local marketing. And then you had all these people reaching out to local businesses saying, let us do the local marketing. Great product, great plan. Same thing for, you know, for Tony's and Dean's. Great product, great plan. Just as an entrepreneur, you have to ask yourself, am I the kind of person that needs that guidance and support? And I'm going to try to build my business that way. Or do, have I spotted or taken the time to spot a gap in the market that I can differentiate myself around to build, you know, a significant business? And there's nothing wrong with either one. They're both, they're both good plans. I do find it annoying to get spammed by people who are, who are inviting me to things that is the same thing that I see over and over and over. But that's just me. And, you know, I guess if they, everybody's reaching out to everybody they know. So that, that's just going to happen when that stuff happens. Is that I don't know if that's a like what I think your question was, what do I think of them? I think it's great that they're taking action and that they have a plan and that they've invested in a program and are actually actually among the few to take the time to reach out and do it. I think that you're way better to attract people in a significantly different way than spamming them. Yeah, so yeah, I love that. And that, is, that is exactly what I was after. And actually, what I really wanted to do is I wanted to show my audience how smart you are and uh, by giving you a challenge. So let's just say one of these people came across you and said, okay, Roland, I am doing this. I'm doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. How do I be different? How do I make this better? You know, I've, I've done this cookie cutter course. 
And now I want to, I want to separate and not do the same as everyone else and stand out from the market. How would you do it? It's a great question. And I don't think it's terribly different than how do I start a mastermind anyway? Because what those guys have done is they've put together, I'm, I'm talking about KBB because I think it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a great program, right? But again, when 10,000 people are doing it and you're getting spammed by everybody, it's not the customer experience, you know, the, the way that the people who buy the program are trying to fill it up, you know, might, there might be better ways to do that. So the first thing is, is I believe in attraction. I, I believe in pull versus push. So I think that you want to create value first always rather than coming out with an offer. I think it's better to add value to people, particularly if you're going for, you know, higher end people. Like if I was approaching you, I would start by adding value. And I know you do this too. So let's say that I want you in my mastermind. So I bought that course and now I want to do this and it's in, let's say, and I don't know everything about the course. So if I veer from that and you're listening to this, please forgive me. But let's say that, okay, my thing is now I'm going to do a mastermind. I've got all these great tools and the software from those guys in my course. I know the format and the delivery of the thing itself as far as an outline. And now they say, okay, reach out to these people. Well, I would say I would probably make my, my, I think it was, um, I'm blanking on the sales guy's name that partnered with Tony for a while. I would follow, I think he's the guy that first talked about a dream 100. I'd make the list of the 100 people that I want to get as opposed to spamming everybody in the world. And then I would reach out to them with some value. I would start nurturing those contacts. And so I'm a longer game player on that, but I do think that it pays off. And so I would, let's say that I'm trying to approach you on that. So I would, number one, rather than just reaching out to you without knowing anything about you, because I was spamming everybody in my list, I would find out who is Adam? What does he do? Okay, I see he's got psychology hacker and he's got this retail thing. He's got some other stuff. And then I would create a um, something that I thought would be of value to you. I would just make some observations. I would follow you. And then I'd probably reach out at, at some point and say, Hey, Adam, I noticed that you were doing this thing. And have you ever thought about this? And try to create a little bit of a dialogue. And then after I had done that, I would think, okay, how do I make my delivery of this thing different? So if everybody now is, I, I kind of like going against the grain. So if everybody right now is running Airbnb houses, you know, to do these things and they're saying it's a mansion mastermind, but they're really not most of them. Um, <laughs> I would say we're going to do this at a five star resort. And it depends on who you're after. And, you know, I would be targeting and I think you would be attracted to something like that. So I would probably pick, I would go against the grain and instead of doing the Airbnb where you know, those experiences aren't as great as they sound. It sounds really cool. You're going to be in a mansion, but what you're really in is you're in somebody else's house with no service and, you know, no maid, no room service, you know, kind of at the mercy of a bunch of other people, no transportation nearby, not a lot of attractions. (laughs) So I would say we're going to do it at this destination resort and we're going to have an experience. And so it's a five-star resort and um, I would get my room there. And I do this, as you know, with small events now it's very inexpensive for a couple of days. You can rent for about a thousand to $1,500 a day, a very nice boardroom. And if you're having a small group of people, that's a cool environment to do it in. And you would have all of the other resort amenities that would be available to you while you were doing that. And while you weren't, it's also very easy to create experiences at resorts because they have boats and all of those kinds of things, pools and things, you know, and F and B food and beverage that that's nearby. And I actually was just talking with somebody about this 
it would be very easy because I hire a lot of celebrities for events that we do. And, um, as I was thinking about it more, if I was going to do a high end event, I would want to do a high end event. Now they invite people for free in this model to come. I don't like that. I think that you establish your value first rather than giving it for free. And then at the mastermind that's free, I think they're going to sell you into a longer term thing. But I would prefer just to be upfront about it and say, this is what it costs to come. And there's some cost because I'd be qualifying my people. And then I would think about who does Adam want to meet? So I would probably have had a conversation with you and the hundred other people that I was targeting and say, and so I'll ask you now, give me your top five people that you would like to meet. Oh, that's a tough one. Okay. So I'm fortunate enough that I've met a lot of them. I would definitely like to meet Richard Branson. And I know you've met him, but that he's up there. Um, I would probably like to meet Jeff Bezos. Elon Musk would be there as somebody. I'd like to meet Joe Rogan, actually. I think a lot of people would. I think he's a big one that lots of people would like to meet. And Tony Robbins, actually. I've never met Tony. So that, they would be my five. Okay. So a couple of those are hard gets, but I know Branson's not and Tony's not. I mean, they're, they're expensive. But mm-hmm. if I think about that, let's think now about maybe I want to create, instead of a free, like everybody else mastermind, I want to create one that um, I don't make any profit on, but it's unique. It's very unique. And so let's say that my budget for Tony or Richard, and it was Elon Musk, Branson, Tony. Joe uh, Rogan and Jeff Bezos. Okay. And Rogan, I know right now, isn't doing anything other than, because we tried to get him for our event, other than for uh, podcasts, his family and UFC. But... Knowing that about UFC, I would think about, okay, what is Rogan doing with UFC? And could I do something? Is he looking to do anything where he's looking to raise money for UFC? Or is I obviously looking to advance that? So is there anything I could do that would be helpful to UFC and Joe that I could somehow kind of wiggle my way into adding value? And if I could, then I would try to work my mastermind around that. And that would mean that I would be reaching out to you and saying, Hey, Joe Rogan's doing this thing with the UFC and we're doing a charity thing for him. Joe's going to come by and talk to our group for 20 minutes. It's 10,000 bucks a person and we're going to have 40 people there. Is that something you might be interested in? Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Now let's go to Branson because I know what we pay Branson and I know what Tony goes for. And let's just say that. I'm going to make a number up as opposed to, you know, saying what it is because we don't want to do that. But let's say it's, um, let's say it's $300,000 to have one of those guys. Mm -hmm. Well, now I know if I have 30 people at 10 K, then I can pay for having that person there. How excited Adam would you be to come to an event with 30 other high level entrepreneurs where we're going to hang out and do all these cool things. And also we're going to spend some time with Richard Branson, or we're going to spend some time with Tony Robbins. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And it's the fact that there's other high level people there is interesting as well, right? That's the, the key factor. Yeah. And for that amount, you might get them, you know, now Tony usually goes for several hours just because he's, you know, that he's a really, you know, he's, he's like that. And Branson is a little more introverted, even though he does kind of bold things. So he might only be there for an hour or 90 minutes, but you would have that really high quality time and the people would be able to connect with them and you've positioned yourself way above everybody else, right? Way above everybody. This is a great example. So at 
TNC, and that this would be another thing for people to think about is, you know, if you if you have an event or are connected to an event, what we do is at TNC, we've got Marcus Lamanis and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger are speaking at TNC this year. What? You got Arnold Schwarzenegger speaking at TNC? God, Roland, this is what I'm talking about. Everyone that's listening. God, he would totally be on my list of people I want to meet. <laughs> okay, great. Well, so see now. Oh, I now should have said can, that. <laughs> because, yeah, now you can because here's what we're doing. So now I've, awesome. he's, you know, expensive. And so is Lamanis. But so what I do is I've put together a VIP event and I think it's going to be five grand. So it's really actually not that expensive oh, that's for good. 50 people to hang out for an hour with Marcus Lamanis and then another hour with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So you get both of them and you oh get to meet him. You get to talk with them. You get to ask them stuff. You get to have pictures with them and it's five ten right now that liquidates my cost because I've supplemented the cost. And this is another way to think in ripples, right? You know, we, I'm a big fan of that uh, Russian nesting doll thinking. <laughs> is, uh, I call it butterfly uh, leverage, right? Is that we have a speaking budget for speakers for this event. And it's not enough to cover both of those guys. So we do this VIP thing to help liquidate that cost. And the way that we liquidate the cost is that that's not part of the event. It's a separate thing that I do. And um, with my business partners, with Ryan Dice and Richard Lindner. And so now we have this really cool party and you've got Ryan Dice and you've got me and you've got Richard Lindner and Marcus Lamanis and Arnold Schwarzenegger and it's a couple of hours and it's only five grand. And it's only five grand because some of the cost is being shouldered by the event and the event wins because the event couldn't have afforded to have both of them without having that supplement and we win because we wouldn't, you know, we don't have to pay them as much as we would have to pay them if we were doing this separately. So there's a way to tag off of other things. And so what I might do if I was not doing the event and I saw that these guys were going to be there is I would find out who the agent is for those people. And I'd reach out and say, Hey, I see that you've got these guys speaking at this event. I would love, I know that they, you know, they're probably way more than I could afford but they'll already be there. And I wonder if since they'll already be there, they'd be interested in an extra half hour, hour of their time to, you know, to do it for this amount that I have available. And that might be a way to leverage your way into that. But to me, the the whole big thing, and I know this is a long answer to that question, which was, how would I approach you if I was one of those guys is I would be so freaking different and think about how can I give you what I know you want? Right. So I would have had the conversation with you because I believe in reaching out, particularly when you're doing a small thing like like a mastermind or you're trying to go for a few key clients on Instagram or something like that. I would be reaching out to them and having conversations with them and find out really in depth. I want to know what makes you tick, what you know, who drives you, who motivates you. And then what can I do? Maybe it's, you know, it's that you, you know, all these people have always always wanted to go to the Maldives or maybe it's that they have always wanted to meet Tony Robbins, or maybe it's that they've always wanted to fly MIG fighter jets, you know, in the desert. I don't know, but there's something that, that you can identify that will make them different. And then all of that goes to what this is about, which is differentiate yourself by creating an experience that is different from the other people that don't be a me too business. Yeah. Don't be a me too business. I like that. It's funny as you're saying this, like we run a mastermind, um, but we, it's very low key invite only, but a uh, similar kind of thing to what you were saying. Ours is is very different. We're going to Japan this year. And every year we rent the conference area 
of a giant cruise ship. And so we will typically be the only people that control the entire convention area, which normally, yeah, normally in a, in a hotel, that would cost thousands of dollars a day. But because of the amount of tickets we book on the cruise that we get the whole conference area for free. And uh, so, yeah, so it's really cool. So we essentially run a, a conference on a cruise ship and we do that once a year. You've created a unique experience that differentiates yourself from everybody else that's offering the mastermind in addition to, you know, you yourself and your brand and your voice, right? Mm-hmm. And you have one. A lot of these people that are reaching out that I've seen, and I'm guessing for you too, it's, it's just spam. I mean, it's yeah. truly just, you know, <laughs> let me invite you to a mastermind. It's like, well, you know what super successful people aren't doing? Sitting around saying, gosh, I wish somebody would invite me to a mastermind. You know? <laughs> so true. One of your amazing tactics I'm using this year, and I, I feel like I want to share this with everybody because this is really good. So full disclaimer, I totally stole this from Roland. So I've been buying businesses recently and I've been doing it because Roland's been guiding me through it. And so I bought a number of businesses last year. And one of the businesses I bought was a convention. And uh, it was a wargaming convention in Texas, which is kind of like completing my trifecta of wargaming convention or wargaming businesses. I've got the, uh, the the hobby shop, a YouTube channel, which I founded, but and now I've got this convention. Well, it turns out that I was in negotiations. Oh, sorry, not negotiations, but I was in like a, a bidding war, I suppose, with somebody else that wanted to buy the convention, Roland. And um, I ended up buying it for a, a nominal fee. I ended up paying five figures. And as you know, that didn't come out of pocket because Roland's got amazing ways of teaching people how to buy a business with zero down, which I totally followed. And so I paid zero down and got hold of this convention. But apparently, the people bidding against me, Roland, they bid zero. Not just zero down, just zero. They felt that they should be given it. Yeah. And um, they wouldn't even pay a dollar. Uh, so, so naturally, I won that bidding contest. But they were very angry. And they were so angry that they've set up a competing event a month before our event. So we've been running our event for, for well, <laughs> this will be my first year, but the event's been running for 12 years. Right. And I was going to say, so they're, they're going against the incumbent. You've got 12 years of experience, history, list, momentum, and loyalty that you've built up. Mm-hmm. But they do have an audience. They've got an online web presence and they've managed to make some sales. So they've bought a smaller hotel in a worse part of town and they're spending less overall on the event. However, Roland, they have not purchased the ad package for the hotel. (laughs) (laughs) I knew knew you'd get this straight away. So this is a technique that I learned from Roland. and This is something that we are absolutely going to be doing where we are in negotiations with their hotel for the time of their event to purchase the advertising package, which means the key cards the elevator posters, any wraps that we can put around any of the the columns, um, and also the digital TV package. So when people stay at their hotel because they have a they have a minimum room booking, so they have to they have to book hotel rooms. So we know that some of the guests will be staying in the rooms. They will be seeing the advertising for our event the following month, which is perfect because <laughs> it's in the same town and it's a full month for them to to make the decision to come to our event as well. And of course. There are many other ways we're going to be advertising. Obviously, we already, when we bought the event last year, one of the first things we did was we opened pre-sales straight away. So we've already, we're already at like 25% capacity with months to go. Two things. What are the yeah. people who are attending? What do they want? What's the thing they value most? So actually, it's pretty cool. So this convention is a tournament-based convention. People come to play the game. However, the thing that people value the most is actually collecting. And the most successful wargaming convention of its kind is actually in Chicago in March which is known as a shopping convention. 
And while there are tournaments there, people go there specifically to buy limited edition miniatures and, you know, to get the cool stuff before everybody else. Is there space in the hotel that's available other than the convention space that the people have taken during that same time? Oh my, uh, at the other hotel, probably yes. They're taking up the minimum. That your competitor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. They've got a holiday in, so there'll definitely be some space available. So what you, what I would do is rather than advertising your upcoming event, I would take that space and I would create a shopping convention there and have your limited edition things, bring them in there (laughs) and then suck all those people in for that because you won't be competing directly. And (laughs) when they're there, you can offer them, you know, Hey, with purchase, you could, you could, you know, we're having, you know, how you like, oh, Oh, it's really great. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, you know what? We're, we, we have ours. It's been 12 years. This will be the 12th year and it's next month. We'd love for you to come. And we have a promotion right now. And by the way, if you buy one of the games or one of these limited edition figures, you get 20% off or 50% off or you get an extra ticket or whatever. I would go straight after the thing that you know their attendees want to buy. You'll probably make money and they will probably lose money and you won't be kind of like a jerk, you know, advertising another event on all of their stuff, which is, you know, is smart, but also is kind of like a little dirty pool. But you would be bringing value to the attendees. And I bet you end up owning that show. Oh, my Roland. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so good. Yeah, there's no way they've rented all the space in the hotel. You're like a sponsor without being a sponsor. And I would throw a party. And at the party, if you could get... Are there celebrity gamers in that? There are a few. Yeah. So if you yeah. could get one or two of those people to have like their own private tournament, Joe versus the... Mary mm-hmm. versus Joe, and they're the two top ones, that would be super cool. Or if you could just have somebody there that was a celebrity in that world that would be, you know, signing stuff, or maybe it's, you know, one of the guys that does the models or something that would be very interesting. And then if you wanted to get your thing paid for free outside of sales, then you might go and sell a sponsorship to one of the gaming suppliers or magazine or somebody else that would love to have access to all of those people at your thing. You are killing me. This is the best thing so everyone listening, this is why Roland Frazier, this is why, why I listen to him. Thank you, Roland. That's amazing. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm doing this. No, this is happening. I am literally like getting off of this podcast to phone the hotel to find out what rooms they have available. Cause I am going to buy up that space. 100. So Roland knows, but people listening. I bought a gaming store recently, which means I can actually vendor my own event. Right. Now I was going to say, if only you had a source for its product. <laughs> yep. I can vendor my own event. So you're right. I don't need to get a sponsor package from them. I can just buy up the extra space and set up a vending hall. And <laughs> yes, this is genius. And then yeah, I'm think you know, thinking about how do you lure the people in? You basically move your entire store there, set up gaming tables, you know, make it interactive, make it super attractive. And then if there was perhaps a contest or a drawing for some limited edition figure that was, you know, hey, like we're giving away the, what's a super coveted limited uh, edition it'd, figure it'd that everybody titan. would want? It's a giant robot, a Titan. What's it called? A Titan. And how much is the Titan? Uh, $3,500. Okay. Would it be worth buying one for $3,500 to give away? If, yeah, I'm... Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've probably got a spare one. <laughs> Roland, I have a problem. I have a lot of miniatures. Love it. I love that you have that problem. <laughs> so um, that would be something to think about is right. Like, you know, win a Titan. Holy crap. All I have to go is down the hall and wow, they got all these games set up and all these people are playing. And that's cool because I know you do for your store. 
you do events that move around to other people's stores and then you drive, drive them mm-hmm. into your store. So make that your moving thing that night, right? Make that day that that's the location where you drive all the traffic you've already got to so that it looks busy and full. Yeah, I'm doing this. This is just not even a question. Like literally do the the contest to win the Titan, maybe give away a couple other games because I know you've got maybe some dead inventory and stuff like that. Yeah, And then t-shirts and then anything that you can do to make it an event on top of that. If you could get any celebritized person within that, you know, thing, who do those people want to see? What's the thing that that will attract them like moth to flame? Giving away to your thing. Giving away t-shirts is brutal, Roland. I don't think you understand. <laughs> all of my ads then, on all my poll wraps, my clings, you know, my key cards, I would uh, slip the uh, the front desk some money. Usually you can pay them 100 or $200 and they'll hand out flyers to everybody that checks in for a specific event. Mm-hmm. So have them hand those out to everybody as well. And then you're going to do the dark channel, I'm assuming, within the, you know, mm-hmm. the televisions within the place, assuming that yep. they've got those. That's usually inexpensive. So now you just own it. And if you could also get pillow drops, then that would not be a bad thing either. This is amazing. All right. So I hope everybody listening to this gets just how much value I get from like, that's what I mean by a single conversation with Roland is worth like a lot of money. So Roland, Adam, if somebody wanted to learn more from you, if they were like, okay, how do I follow Roland? Where would you want them to go? Sure. So I do lots of different things. I do everything from, you know, a lot of free content, as you know, on my podcast, which is Business Lunch, and then on social on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and uh, YouTube. I've got channels under my name, Roland Frazier. And then, um, you know, all the way up to our War Room Mastermind, the Leverage Exit Grow Scale events, which is legsintensive.com and um, our Traffic and Conversion Summit, which is coming up that you know at trafficandconversionsummit.com and our mastermind at warroommastermind.com. So we got all kinds of things going just like you do. And, um, and I want to come on one of those boat things one of these days. That sounds super fun. Yeah. We'd love to have you. It's the next one's in Japan. You ever want to come just message me and say yes, and we'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah. So, and Roland, thank you so much. Before, before we dive out, if there was one simple psychology hack that you could give somebody something like a, a CEO listening to this or want to be entrepreneur, what's like a simple psychological hack they could follow? So I'll, I'll go with, with what I call butterfly logic, because I think it, it's something you can use in every single thing you do every day. And that is to ask how, what are, if I had to get five more benefits out of this thing that I'm doing, whatever that thing is, what would they be? And so it could be as simple as, um, you know, if you're in our space, then the way I think is, okay, I want to have a celebrity like we were talking about that. So if somebody was trying to do differentiate themselves by having some celebrity, then I would say, okay, what can I do to get that celebrity to monetize them? Okay, well, I can obviously get people to come and pay enough money to liquidate the cost of the celebrity. But then what else could I do? Well, do I have social media? Great. Well, I can get pictures of myself with them and put them on there. Do I have a podcast? Could I have instead of just having them at the thing, could I maybe interview them live? And then I've got them on my podcast. That's, that's another way that I can use that. And then can I use that interview on that podcast as some sort of exclusive leverage to do something else? That's another way to use it. And then maybe I could do a little ebook about what I learned from talking to Richard Branson or what I learned from talking to whoever the celebrity is. And then I can release that. And then that can be the front end, you know, to a consulting thing that I do or a mastermind that I sell or another event. It's how can you get everything from whatever you're doing right now. If you say, I need to monetize this five different ways, how can I do that? 
and when I say monetize, it could be anything from using it to build a list or whatever. And so a perfect example would be what we talked about just now, right? So you're thinking these guys have started an event and, you know, and they're kind of being jerks because they're like, we're going to just do it one month before you. And then nobody will come to your event, which is not very cool. A a smart person, it would probably say we're going to start the event six months before. But so then I, then you go through the process that you and I just went through. You say, okay, so these guys are having an event. How can I monetize that? Well, I can try to get the people who are attending since they will have aggregated the attention of all those people who are attending and they'll be in one place. How can I do that? And you super smartly said, can I reach them through advertising at, at the venue? Turns out you could. And you identified several ways. So right off the bat, you said, we can wrap poles. You know, we can put ad- advertisements that wrap around the poles. We can do clings on the windows. We can, when people get their keys, you can buy advertising on the key card. You can do the dark channel, the TV, that's the thing that plays as a loop when you turn on your television and put our ads there. So you have all that. Then you say, okay, well, what else can I do? And it's okay, well, how do I not just market my event? How do I actually say, I'm going to make something happen there. Well, I could sponsor, but if I sponsor, I'm supporting their event. So I don't really want to do that because I don't want to support the competition. So is there anything else I could do? Well, maybe I could get some space. Okay, great. Now I get that. We find out we can get some space. Great. Well, how do I, I don't want to have an event at the same time, but what are the other things that those people want? And we identified it was, well, there's this shopping thing and that's the biggest one in the world. And then you say, okay, well, I can do a shopping thing. And you say, well, how can I maximize that? Well, it turns out I own a store, so I'll just take the inventory from my store. But what if you didn't own a store? If you didn't own a store, then I would go to a store and say, hey, I'm going to do this big event and I want to have all of this cool stuff there, but I don't want to have to buy the inventory. How about if I give you a free space to be able to have all of your stuff there and then you pay me 10% of whatever sells? And then you've got your thing that's there. And now I say, okay, well, how do I monetize that? Well, okay, now I've got all these people there. I'm going to sell some stuff. I'm going to make some margin there. But also I've got this event that is mine that I want to do a month later. And maybe you have the event that's 12 years old that you bought for no money like you did, Adam, because you're mm-hmm. super brilliant. Or mm-hmm. maybe you're just thinking, I want to start an event and I don't have anything. Well, then you just you say, okay, I'm going to use this mini event that I've created around somebody else's momentum to offer people that come in to shop where I'm liquidating my costs of the venue and the ads that I've placed by selling them stuff in a partnership with the other store or from the stuff that I already own. And you say, okay, now I'm also going to do a promotion there for my event that's coming up. I'm also then going to go over to that event that is competing with me and talk to every single sponsor there. And we do this all the time. And I'm going to say, how would you guys like to be sponsors at our event? Because they'll probably have sponsors that you haven't identified for your event and on and on and on and on. Right? So every time you think of something to me, you say, I'm writing one, two, three, four, five on a piece of paper. And one is the thing that I'm doing right now. And I have to come up with these other things that I'm going to use to leverage off of this one thing that I'm doing that are either going to get me more money or more prestige or more credibility or more people that are on my list. And I'm not going to stop brainstorming until I can identify all five of those things. I love this. Roland, you're freaking incredible. So there you go, guys. Roland Frazier, well worth checking out. Once again, Roland, thank you so much for coming to join us. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. 
To celebrate the launch of this show, we're giving away one free membership to our Smart Blueprint program and some of my favorite business books to five lucky listeners who follow, review, and share the podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You can find the exact steps on how to enter in the show notes below. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.